Welcome to It's Personal, Not Just Business, with your host, Michael Flegelman. In each episode, you'll learn lessons from other successful financial advisors and brokers. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on swanwealth.com. Now here's the host of It's Personal, Not Just Business, Michael Flegelman. Hello and welcome, everybody. My name is Michael Flegelman, and welcome to It's Personal, Not Just Business. I am really excited to introduce you all to a great friend and tremendous resource to the people that I serve, individuals, um, people who are about to retire, brokers that I work with and help with their financial planning and insurance business. David is just a, a wealth of knowledge. He is a social security guru, often <laughs> quoted in national uh, publications, articles, and has added so much value to the work that I do in helping people make very big decisions. So I just wanted to first say, David, thank you for all that you've done for so many in teaching them so many things about Social Security, and welcome to the show. Michael, it is my great pleasure to be with you. You know, I was looking back on it. You and I, I think, have been associated almost 10 years in this particular business. So uh, during that period of 10 years, I think we've been able to have some fun together and, more importantly, help change people's perspective about a very confusing topic, Social Security. And I think there's other things we can talk about as well, but it really is my great pleasure to be with you. Thank you for taking the time uh, and, and also sharing so generously your, your knowledge with so many brokers. So if you're in the financial service business or if you are someone who is approaching retirement, I happen to be 62 years old and pretty soon I'll be having to make these major decisions uh, regarding Social Security. So listen up, because whether you're an advisor who wants uh, support in helping their clients make the right decisions, or whether you're a consumer that wants your Social Security reviewed, this short podcast may be very helpful and we open the doors to assisting you with your personal planning. So, David, before we go into that, share with me a little bit about your journey, how you got here. Introduce <laughs> yourself, share a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the financial service business helping so many people. Well, that's a great question. Actually, my formal training was in education. Uh, I always aspired to be in the public education world. Uh, and then one road led to another and found myself into the insurance business. Uh, and that was in Washington, D.C. And in the insurance business, I sold policies and annuities and health insurance programs to many of the folks in Washington, D.C. Uh, the interesting thing about that, I think the perspective of that is because of that experience, uh, I know what insurance can do because I've paid death claims on policies I've actually sold. I've seen the difference that it can make in people's lives, both personally and to folks who I've worked with for a long period of time. So if you want to talk to somebody who's a believer, you're talking to one of them, because I know what it does and how it works. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, 
from the insurance business, I ended up sort of taking a tangential move, again, in financial services, but with an outside company that wrote financial planning software. And that was a fun experience because I got to deal with producers all over the country from different companies. And we found common ground in providing value to clients, helping them understand what the future looks like. Uh, and then I came back into direct employment in the financial service businesses, and that happens to be with Mass Mutual 10 years ago, where I now have an opportunity to work with you and with many of the brokers you work with and many of the people who work directly for Mass Mutual. Uh, this 10-year journey has been fascinating. Uh, you know, I, I whimsically say there's 2,800 rules in the Social Security space, and I know 10 of them, but those 10 are pretty important. <laughs> so we want to make sure people get that forward thinking into their planning. You know, there's a – Michael, you're familiar with uh, that clock that your mother used to put next to the kitchen stove. They would wind the dial on the front of that clock, and it would go off at a certain period of time. Remember those things back in the dark day? You know, David, it's so funny you mentioned that because a dear friend of mine, you know, uh, she still has that little uh, timer <laughs> clock in her kitchen. And uh, I think she sets it for 930. So if we go visit her on a Friday night, 930 it rings and then everybody has to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, everybody. And this is 95 percent of the people in this country who are paying into Social Security have that clock. And they don't really know it because when they apply for Social Security, wind the dial. That bell rings one year later. Making a change during that one-year period of time can be done. On the other hand, making a change after the bell rings is extremely difficult. And we want people to be as informed about that important decision as possible. So as much work as that we can do to provide value in making that important decision, we like to try to do. You know, when you think about it, these are, as you just mentioned, at 62, these are time-sensitive decisions that have incredible financial impact over the rest of your life. So being informed about this decision, I think, needs to stand out as step number one in the financial planning process. Uh, just from a percentage perspective, not for ultra uber wealthy people, but for the majority of the folks in this country, Social Security represents between 40 and 50% of their income in retirement. And it's one of the few that has a cost of living factor built into it. So this titanic or gigantic uh, asset has to be well understood. And that's what we're trying to do is get people that understanding if we can. Yeah, I, I so appreciate it. I think that, number one, it affects everyone. Correct. On one level or another. Um, and it is something I think you told me years ago that people spend more time planning their vacation <laughs> than they do their retirement plans and Social Security. And Social Security is often bantered about, well, it's not going to be there when I get to right. 65 or 70. But the reality is, at my age 62, when I'm 65 or 70, I'm expecting to get some, you know, four or $5,000 a month for the right. rest of my life from my wife and myself. And that is income, um, I guess the present value of that income is probably worth a couple of million dollars. Now, if I had a, a $2 million investment portfolio, I'd be reviewing it all the time. That's right. But a $2 million, you know, present value of that stream of income, 
eh, we'll ignore it. For the most part, most people do. And they do, I think, because they've been paying for it incrementally all their working life. I mean, it's the 6.2% Social Security payroll tax matched by their employer, which they don't really look at or consider. Uh, it's just sort of automatically going into this particular program. And then all of a sudden, 62, 65, 67, whatever the appropriate time is, it becomes time to make a decision about that. Uh, and that's me. It's like me walking into your house, Michael, with a suitcase and in cash, a million and a half dollars, and dropping it down on the coffee table and say, hey, Michael, do you want to talk about what's in that suitcase? And many people say, nah, we really don't want to talk about that. Just put it over in the corner and forget about it, which is many times what people do when they get to that Social Security discussion. You cannot ignore this. It's a huge golden financial net that sits in people's back pocket and can be used different ways in different changes of life. And therefore, when you go through these changes of life, having the idea of maximizing that particular golden net, it becomes super important. And it's exciting. Uh, I was on a call this morning with one of the uh, clients of one of our producers, and he, this client was confused about how survivor benefits would work for his wife. Those were really important discussions. Uh, it's not just about benefits for you. It's about benefits for the people that you know and love. And that has to be looked at not incrementally, but has to be looked at in the whole. You can't. You have to make sure you roll up all these different moving parts uh, into the discussion. Uh, another analogy that I use you might find interesting in the income planning space is the concept of interconnected gears in a transmission. Uh, you know, if you turn one gear, you turn another gear, you turn another gear, you turn another gear. And Social Security is one of those big gears in that retirement income planning puzzle. Uh, and by the way, if you don't turn that one correctly, all the other ones may not be aligning correctly. So mm -hmm. I would say from a planning perspective, this is step one. And as they step into the discussion seriously about income planning, you've got to look at the Social Security modeling opportunities and step into that space. Uh, and it's fun. I mean, here's the cool thing about this. I mean, when you and I have worked us together with clients, uh, clients are grateful when you have this discussion. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's something that I think impacts every client and is rarely talked about by their advisors because it's not something that they sold to the client. And it's not something they think is important enough to make a uh, make the time and do the analysis that you do all the time. The question I have for you is yeah. if you could share with the audience a couple of significant mistakes you've seen people make, things to avoid when planning for their Social Security and their retirement. Um, I was going to say do the top 10 like David Letterman did, but yeah, right. I, I think just one or two would be really helpful to avoid. Yeah. First is the significant mistake of not understanding the difference between spousal benefits and survivor benefits. You know, the weird thing about those two words, they both start with us, but the math and the rules that affect both of those pools of money are quite different. 
And there's lots of confusion. Uh, the call we did this morning was, was a good example. Uh, how much would my, in this case, it was a man who we're talking to, he's talking about himself and his wife. And he said, you know, how much would my wife get? How does that spousal benefit work? And then of course, well, what if I leave? And if I'm not here, how much would she get from a survivor perspective? So we get lots of that. Uh, probably the most common, mis not mistake, but the question I get is, wait a minute, I'm 62. I'd love to turn my social security on, get a couple thousand dollars a month more. Still working, I got a great job, but wouldn't it be nice if I supplemented my income with another income stream? Uh, and they forget that there is a block, almost a, a brick wall in that particular strategy, and that's called the earnings test. And the earnings test says, well, for 2023, $21,240. When you make more than that, for every $2 over that amount, they hold a dollar back. Now, do you get that held back money in a lump sum? No, no, no. At full retirement age, they recalculate your monthly benefit. And if you live the life expectancy, you might get it back. But if you don't, you won't. So the earnings test is a very, very common question that I get when people take it early. You know, Michael, there was a, there was a study that was done between the FPA and the AARP um, a while back, but not all that far, certainly since you and I have known each other, that interviewed clients in financial planning discussions and said, hey, listen, let's say, make up the client's name, say it's Bob. Uh, Bob, uh, what would happen if you ask your advisor about how Social Security works in your situation and what's the best way to manage it? And if the answer to that from the advisor is, geez, I don't know, I really don't do that. What do you think the client's response was? Why don't we find another advisor who does? <laughs> and you know, when you move advisors, all those AUMs under management, they go with them. So this is a linchpin in the financial planning process. And I have absolute confidence that it's an enjoyable discussion because people have already paid for it. See, that's the weird part about this. It's, they don't have to go find money to do this. They have to maximize what they've already paid for. So it's really exciting and it's fun. And that's why you and I have such a good time together. Well, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for all the support you've given to uh, the brokers that I work with and the clients directly as well. I, I recall we, we did a presentation about eight, 10 years ago uh, to a union here on Long Island about yeah. their Social Security. And, and everybody was so pleased with the information that you shared. Can you share a little bit about that, that journey when you left the insurance uh, business, went sure. to software, and uh -huh. then eventually you joined Mass Mutual and helping all these advisors and what you do for these advisors that add so much value to the Social Security conversation. I know that you've been on Zoom meetings with clients of mine and brokers of mine and their Correct. clients. But what specifically does the the magic behind uh, the Dave Freitag Social Security <laughs> Consultancy. What do you do? You, um, I know you ask us for those statements, those those yes, we do. Call the, the the white paper or the green paper or some colored paper yeah. that you get in the mail now. Yeah. Well, we used to have the green line forms. Now that the blue bar forms, but to specifically answer your question, uh, I think clients today want to be included in the discussion 
not told the answer. I think they need to sequentially see how the gears fit together. I remember back in the day, Michael, you know, when we were younger, Rubik's cubes were really popular. I used to hate those things. Yeah. I'd move a Rubik's cube one way. I could never get it to come back. And, and because I could never visualize quite how that thing got constructed. And I think a lot of the financial planning discussions are like that. Uh, here's a bunch of information. I give it over to someone smart. They give me the answer. I do what they tell them. I think those days are gone. I think we're in a situation now where sequentially, can I see if I move this lever or that lever or this lever, what does it mean in the relationship to the bigger picture of things? And interestingly enough, uh, even though you know 10 years ago, Zoom was didn't exist, um, with the pandemic, we have moved toward that objective much faster and better than I would have ever imagined. Because almost every one of my interviews now, in fact, all of them are done on a, in a Zoom environment where we allow dialogue back and forth and not you know, there are no, there's no threats in all of these things. It's just, let's take some of your interesting information. Let's put them into a computer model. If computers do one thing well, they do very, could I stop here for just a second? Yeah. Okay, I gotta stop for just a second. It's gonna be two minutes. No problem. As David uh, tends to the knock at the door, I, I just wanted to share uh, a, a thought about his, um, uh, process. And, you know, when someone files for Social Security, uh, I'm 62, that would be uh, one age I could file. My wife, who's also 62, she could file at 62 as well. But we also could file from 62 all the way up to age 70. So that gives me eight different years that I could uh, elect my Social Security. And it gives Donna, my wife, also eight different years. So eight times eight is 64 different filing strategies as far as the timing of when we both take our Social Security. And because of that, then people get confused. Well, should I wait or should I get that income now? And a lot has to do with your life expectancy. Uh, I recently, I, I, I started getting serious about my health. I, I'm sorry, I, Michael. That's quite all right. I was sharing a little bit about, you know, the, the 64 different filing times. I'm 62. Yeah. My wife's 62. Yes. Uh, that gives us 64 different uh, filing strategies from a, a, a timing perspective. And, and, and that decision is some, somewhat confusing. Am I better off waiting? Well, let's say I die at, at 73 or yeah. 75. It might not have been a good idea to wait. In fact, years ago, David introduced me to a great tool called livingto100.com, which is uh, a way for you to get a personalized life expectancy. And that is very helpful in helping to make the decision as to when to start your social security, 62, 63, or as late as age 70. And each year that you wait, the amount that you get increases by, I believe it's 8% each yes, from, year for the rest of your life. From full retirement age to age 70, there's something called a delayed retirement credit. That's an 8% per year simple interest lift to the benefit for as long as you live. Uh, you know, that's a powerful thing when you think about it, because the only thing that limits the payout is longevity, which, Michael, comes back to your point. 
The magic sauce that makes an annuity decision work or a social security decision is some assumption about longevity because that's the power behind guaranteed income. In social security space, if you're here, you collect, if you're not, you won't. And you need to make sure that, that those variables are balanced. You know, I get a lot, you ask me a lot of questions that people ask a lot. I talked about, um, you know, the, the earnings test is certainly one of them. Timing is the other one. Kind of to where, kind of to the point that we're discussing right now. Is it better to take it 62? Is it better to take it at 70 or somewhere in between? And a married couple below age 62 today, just the age combinations, Bob and Mary, a good example. Bob's got nine choices. Mary's got nine choices. That's 81 in a younger person's grid. And why you would move in one square or another depends on the own unique circumstances in your situation. What Uncle Bob did at the company picnic or at the family picnic and said he did, and that's what you should do, is absolutely not what you should do. You should look at your own unique set of circumstances and put that puzzle together. I mean, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing to see how different people are. But, you know, I'm going to tell you one other thing I think you might find interesting. We got a call from, in this case, it was a 65-year-old grandfather who had tragically lost his son. And, and the question was, well, wait a minute. I have two beautiful granddaughters, and those granddaughters may be better off taking a benefit from their father as a survivor benefit or taking a benefit from me as a ben from my grand from as a grandfather who who's going to adopt the two children. That was a really interesting discussion to see where's the leverage, what should we do? And you wouldn't think that it would be as involved as it is. Uh, but it's not something you can blow off. It's not something you can just say, oh wait a minute, it'll take care of itself. It won't. You have to be your own advocate. In this particular case, it turned out that the survivor benefit was better than the retirement benefit from his record. But we had to know that. We had to feel comfortable about that. And at the end of that day, and I can kind of tell you the, the good news here, he said, you know, I really appreciate that. Uh, I've recently sold a company and I've got these investable assets. I kind of like to know what to do with them. <laughs> could you help us with that? <laughs> yeah, we probably could. <laughs> so, I mean, the true story, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, it, it's, it's truth stranger than fiction, and everybody is different, which is why I like it so much. Absolutely, and and you know, kudos to you, David, because the 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 effect of social security planning actually had some effect on my life. So when I did that life expectancy test, sure, that helped me decide on some financial issues, including social security. My life expectancy wasn't very high. I was overweight. I had some health problems. And I got serious about um, losing weight and getting healthier. I was about 250 pounds. Now oh, I'm at wow. 200 pounds. My life expectancy went from 79 to 93 yes. since then. So the, 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 you know, the impact, knowing that I have been funding my social security for some 40 years and it's not going to last more than nine years. If I wait till 70 kind of bothered me. I mean, that's, but, not a, that's not a bargain, right? You can't do that. So yeah, that's why I keep coming back to the secret sauce. I mean, the secret sauce is a longevity play. Um, you know, there's, there's two reasons to take social security early. Longevity is short and you actually need the money. There's two reasons to delay it. You have long longevity and you don't need the money. 
and then everybody's in the in between in those two spaces. But it's not a bad thing to take the benefits early. And I tell people that all the time. If you're in a situation where this money is a lifestyle changing decision, uh, and it's going to keep the mortgage going, and it's going to keep utility bills working. I mean, through the pandemic, we had people who got laid off and furloughed and all those things that happened. Social Security was that proverbial safety net that allowed people to buy a, buy a way out of the storm. Uh, so remember that the resource is there. And there's also a little bit of a forgiving opportunity with Social Security that I think people forget about. If you started early because of financial need is a good example. At full retirement age, if maybe you got the job back, the furlough is over, uh, maybe uh, there was money that came into the situation where you didn't really need that Social Security payment, you can voluntarily suspend the payment. And what happens if you do that? You can earn those delayed retirement credits and restore the purchasing power of that Social Security payment. Wow. So it's it's a fluid situation, and everybody needs to look at that. You know, you asked me, you know, how did I get from the insurance business to the software business and back into the insurance business? The company that I work with, we actually wrote a modeling program for Social Security. And this is the tool that we use today. Uh, and we find it very, very helpful for people because they understand how their decisions affect the results. It's a pretty picture for them. Absolutely. And that the software, you know, tells a picture. It yeah. shows people the effect. And to your point earlier about rather than us running it, we like to utilize Zoom uh, or a face-to-face -face meeting in front of the client and show them the difference of filing strategies yes. A versus filing strategies B, giving the client the opportunity to make the best decision based upon their situation. And to your point about Uncle Bob at the picnic, you know, <laughs> Uncle Bob may have had um, blocked arteries and said, let's take it immediately because That's right. the U.S. government's running out of money and you better take it early. You know, you right. may die early. Um, but, you know, I don't think that it, I think it's very dangerous. You know, they say a, a little knowledge is very dangerous. Right. Well, with uh, our team and Dave knowing the ins and outs of Social Security, you don't get a little knowledge. You get a lot of knowledge and you get a very caring person. What's separating you from getting your Social Security reviewed is probably just taking those forms and finding a person like me and David who can help. And we urge you because it is an asset that is often not managed. If you had a $2 million real estate portfolio, you're managing it. $2 million investment portfolio, you're managing it. $2 million retirement, guaranteed retirement income, pretty much you're ignoring it. And, and that's a mistake, especially when you get to be my age. Because now is the time to start planning. And the planning that you've helped me do was to get myself healthier so my life expectancy is longer. That's and a good, that, that was a, a good story, great, Michael. It's a great story. <laughs> I mean, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. And, you know, for years I've been trying to lose weight. And finally I got serious enough about it. And um, I'm almost at my goal. So That's thank you very, for very that. Uh, because that was an additional realization when my wife's Social Security was going to last you know, till 93 and mine's only going to 79. 
So I what's going on? Yeah. One other thing that I think is, is often misunderstood mm-hmm. is what happens, let's say if my wife and I are both getting our social securities mm-hmm. and one of us pass away. What happens sure. in that situation? Well, it's an easy model to remember. The bigger the two checks is the winner. Uh, one of them is going to stop, and the bigger one continues. Uh, not hard to, you know, to put that math together. Uh, at whatever time someone leaves, uh, Bob and Mary, for example, Bob might be uh, 80 years old. He leaves whatever he's receiving. If Mary's check is smaller, she basically gets the equivalent of Bob's check. Now, some of it comes from her record. Some of it comes from Bob. But the math is going to end up with the larger of the two payments. But I'm glad you asked that because a married couple has 100% certainty of an income loss. One of those checks is going to stop. And to realize that when you're 85 or 86 is not good. You need to know that that's coming. It's as certain as the sun coming up, someone's going to leave and someone's going to be here. And if you have enough time, you can plan for that reduction in household income. And there's lots of different products, Michael, as you know, that can fill in that space. There are life insurance contracts. There are annuity contracts. There's money in a mayonnaise jar and Funk and Wagnall's back porch from the Johnny Carson show. There are uh, savings accounts, investment strategies, lots of different ways for people to understand that the future is not always going to be giving those two checks to someone, but someday it's going to become one and planning is the key the whole thing. Absolutely. David, this this really has been terrific. I, I, I can't stress to you enough how much gratitude I have for your generosity, your knowledge, your your willingness to share. And David is a tremendous resource to uh, the public. Uh, we can utilize his expertise in many different ways, whether it's analyzing your social security, whether it's doing a presentation to a group that you're involved in where people are getting to a point where they want to learn about social security. Not only is he so knowledgeable, but he's also a great entertainer educator based upon his background as a teacher or an educator. Uh, You could see it from the smile on his face that he enjoys helping people. And that's what this is all about. It's personal, not just business. Anything that you want to add before we conclude our podcast today? Well, I, I would just say the opportunity to get a small group together, I believe, is something everybody needs to consider and try. They don't, this don't have to be, you know, you mentioned seminar or big important presentation. This isn't in a hotel. This is not expensive. Uh, when we have someone who invites, let's say, 10 or 15 of their good clients, and we get a chance to sit down on a Zoom environment and talk to them about Social Security, everybody wins. Uh, it's just a wonderful experience. And with this new environment, the ability to whether it's Teams or whether it's Zoom or whether it's other types of media, uh, opportunities to have folks discuss it in, in a non-threatening way is very, very powerful. I, mean, I love doing it every day. So as many as we can do, let's try to do some more. All right. Well, David, I thank you for your support. I thank you for your time today and your willingness to share with us. And I look forward to helping many more 
with their social security and retirement income planning. Thank you and have a great day, everyone. Sure. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. You've been tuning into It's Personal, Not Just Business with your host, Michael Flegelman. Each episode features role models and lessons from other successful financial advisors and brokers. Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others. 